Hello and welcome to today's County Road Bobblers podcast. Uh, it's myself, Witch, joined by Mitch and uh, Matt Keenan from the Bobblers. Uh, welcome, lads. Um, plenty to talk about, as always. All right. So, I mean, the old Monday night ruiner. Uh, we're on the back of. Um, we were talking about uh, our weekends being ruined. And uh, they've managed to do a Monday in for us and probably the whole week as well. Um, so, look. Let, let's 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 have a look at it. Let's talk about it. Let's try and see 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 what we can make of it. Uh, it wasn't as bad as the capitulation against Watford's, but it might as well have been a felter, didn't it? it? Was a bit of a gut. Then saying that first half was unacceptable. Um, Mass, you've been a, a while since you've been uh, back back on the air, the old bobble cast because uh, you're a busy man as always. Uh, all, yeah. all your your singing and everything else that's going on. So I'll start with you. Um, were you surprised to see that there was, you know, that Gordon dropped out of that lineup, and maybe that we went with the same kind of formation against them from the start? Yeah, because, um, well, it seemed to me, and obviously to a lot of people, that the turning point in the Watford game was a Wobie coming on, uh, and that seemed to upset everything. So it was, and then when Gordon came on later, later on, he he, he had a go and he looked good. And to be honest, on the balance of the game, he looked like he deserved to start against Wolves. And that's why I can't understand why he dropped out, because Awobi's had enough chances now, and he's, he's not doing it. Although he, he has flashes where he, you know, he does take people on, he does all right now and again, but his final ball's just not there, and he's just, he's just not proven that he's worthy of a start. So there's no reason why Gordon shouldn't have started for me. Yeah. Fully agree with that. Um, Mitch, you, you've been a massive advocate of, of Gordon, haven't you? Even sometimes where I might, might have been a bit sceptical myself, maybe mid-season. Um, you seem similar to Matt there, that you just, you know, you expect them to be playing there instead of the or Yeah, very much so, mate. Um, all day of the week, I'd have Gordon starting. Surely on for med- on merit as well. He, he's Every time he's played, he's, ne- he's never let anyone down. He's stood out. And what for us, Frustrates me is that a player like a Wolby, who's he's not going to get any better. Let's be honest; he's he's been around long enough. It's sort of standing in his way a little bit. And for the life of me, I can't I can't understand how Gordon doesn't start ahead of him. I think hopefully now he, he will, because he, he was only on for ten minutes the other day, and he showed more than ten minutes than most of them, like the whole game. And you know he's unlucky; he could have equalised at the end as well. Um, so. Yeah, I think he should definitely be in the team now. I think it's good that, you know, we're starting to see a couple of, a couple of these younger lads because, um, you know, it felt like last year that there was no chance at all for any of them to get a look in. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you've got to reward a good performance, haven't you? And if you're not, if, if you're not following up a good performance with another start, then it, it's sometimes, it, you know, it can send a bit of a, um, you know, a bad message, you know, because what's the point in playing well if you're not then going to, get a game, you know, you're not going to start again. Um, talking, you know, I, I think one thing with Gordon that I like is that he he, he always throws a tackle and I think he threw a couple of stingers in, didn't he, as soon as he come on there and, you know, he sets the tone for the rest of the team. Yeah. And um, another man, actually, that, that it took to, to do that was Fabian Delph, uh, much maligned and, you know, someone that, 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 you know, that is on the injury table more than he's anywhere else. Um, but, he actually played the other, the other night, came on 
I thought he'd done quite well. It was only really him for me and Gordon that, that were putting themselves about a bit. Um, and it was quite disappointing to see, you know, Gabamon, who I felt like he was that kind of player. He, he was pretty much the opposite of what we seen from them two players coming on, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah I think, uh, I don't think Benitez helped Gabamon out actually um, starting him, you know, first game back in like a sort of two man midfield. And, you know, <laughs> He, he did struggle. I think if he'd had another body in there, he might have seen a better Gabon. Um, you know, someone else to do a bit more running for him. But he did struggle. Um, and and Delft, to be fair, you know what I think of Delft. Still hasn't changed my opinion on him. Still still can't stand him and still can't wait to see the back of him. But uh, he done well to be fair to him. He got on the ball. Um, and he sort of released Alan a little bit. Um, but I think Alan was knackered at that point because he's done that much running in the first half. Um. So, yeah, fair, fair play to him. You know, give credit where it's due. He's done well. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was out injured on, on Sunday. <laughs> well, I, I, we normally come to the questions last, but Kane asked a question which is relevant um, to, to the point that we just made, which was um, that Benitez, um, does he need to change the shape? Um, obviously, that shape is very much dependent on, on our our master, Yaya Takure, uh, that was, was running yards. Um like it, you know, like a former city great, but is he too stubborn? Do we actually need to change that two centimetres, maybe to a three in there, just to compensate to the fact that we haven't got his legs? Uh, Matt, I mean, do you think Gabamon would have been better protected with maybe Delph in there, or would you like to see maybe Davies or something similar to that? I, I think, yeah, um, they, they, they did need to protect Gabamon a bit more and possibly. If, if he's that far off the pace, he's not ready to play and he's not ready to be on the bench either. And uh, I think it is obvious that they do need to change the shape because there's been times, I think, I remember the Burnley game when we were just getting completely outplayed by them and everyone could see that it wasn't working and we were sitting there thinking, when's he going to change it? And he does, it does seem to be a stubbornness that he, he just will not change it until he has to. And then when he did change it at Burnley, he obviously brought Gomez on. It worked. But you could see it, you could see it in the in the Wolves game, the Watford game. You could see it wasn't working. You think, how long are you just going to persist with this? And Gabamon wasn't working. It was obvious after 15 minutes he wasn't working. And times like that, you know, Duncan Ferguson did, didn't think twice about pulling Moise Keane off after he'd already sent him on. 15 minutes is not too early to take someone off if it's just not working, especially after that result on Saturday. Yeah, you know, or the the previous one. Like when it's not working, you need to change it as soon as possible. Otherwise, you run out of time, like we did against Wofford. Uh, sorry, Wolves. We no, we we came back into it in the second half, but ultimately we ran out of time. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting what you say there um, about the fact that I think there was an athletic report to suggest that the reason that Gabamon um, was playing uh, was because he was that disappointed at you know some. Uh, Davies not following instructions against Watford. Um, but he actually wasn't really that impressed with Gabamon in training either. Um, Why did so, he play him then? <laughs> I, know, I, I mean, is, is that, Mitch, is, is, is that kind of really highlighting a, a real issue here? You know, that we've got Davies there potentially that, that he's not being happy with the game before. But at the same time, he then has to play someone that he's actually not being happy with in training. You know, there's, 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 there's really distinct lack of options there, isn't it? It's like, a, 
No, he's, it sounds like he's running out of options. Um, it comes to something when I'm saying Fabian Delph should be starting next match. <laughs> that, that's how poor the other two have been. Davis never took his chance. Gabama never. Um, and you, you, your last resort is Fabian Delph. Now, um, I, it would have been nice to see the young lads on Yango sort of get involved in there somewhere, maybe in a midfield three. Um, big lad. Um, but... I don't know. It's definitely a problem. It's definitely something next summer we've got to look at because when Takore's out the team, because he does that much running, it's like having two midfield. He does the running of two midfielders, really. So when he's it, out, we just it, it doesn't work. And that's what something we're definitely going to have to look at next summer. Like it's it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Because I mean, this is obviously highlighting a bit of a recruitment issue again. You know, and I, I purposely put a, a, a thing up before uh, dying of a day, and it was obviously. Yeah. Marcel Brands and, and Mashiri, and it does feel like we are dying another day. Um, and the recruitment again has left us almost threadbare. You know, and I know that they can't move some of these players on. They have got an overload in midfields of, of really expensive paid midfielders that more often than not aren't available. Um, but you know, Anguissa was linked, West McKenney, you know, players with, with, with you know serious legs that can do the box to box stuff. They just would have, you know, if you look back now, they, they, they would have seemed ideal for us now, wouldn't they, looking at what we've got there? Yeah. Even Ross Barkley, the, the player the player we sold, Ross Barkley, not the player he's become, but the one we sold would have been absolutely perfect because that, that's just the one we needed, like the box-to-box type physical player. All I'm saying is it's a good job Barry has gone out on the piss and he's done it. <laughs> Yeah, that, <laughs> I I'm not saying that have Barkley back, but like the the play was so. But the, the point I was going to make was um, Benitez. He tends to play a lot of games with the board of whatever club, whatever club he's at. And is he doing that now by playing Gabamon? Was he sending a message to the board because he gets quite petulant of saying, "Well, look, I'm just you know I haven't got what I wanted, so I'm just going to play him to prove a point." Can we afford to let him play them games and us get turned over? week after week, while he's trying to make a point to the board. Because he did it at Liverpool. One of my mates was saying the other day that um, apparently one of the Liverpool owners made a comment that he should stick to coaching and not comment on whatever they were doing at the board. So he he was that sort of petulant that he spent the next week in a tracksuit and trainers just to prove that he was like, he was being a tracksuit type manager. He seems to play these games and we're suffering because of it. You know what? I, I haven't thought of it from that angle at all. Um, so I feel that's a, it's a really interesting point that. Um, and you know, like the system with Rondon, maybe, and you yeah. know, not you know, at times, I think, I think he's in it for the long game, isn't he? Yeah. I hope he gets there because I, I, I don't mean Rafa personally. Um, obviously, I, I actually, I'm not like someone, you know, some that, that, that don't want him here. Um, but he certainly wasn't in my top three choices. Uh, but I think you, you lads will back me up on this. I've always said, whoever's the Everton manager needs three or four years, and we need continuity over the, over the who, uh, because we keep chopping and changing. That's just not working. But it, it, you, you've raised a really interesting point. If he does believe that the board has got us back, which all the information suggests that they do, yeah. you know, is he playing that long game now? Getting it in there to say, look, you know, highlighting issues that he's seen because he has studied us. You know, he does know, you know, the shortfalls in the squad. And maybe, like you say, is there an element as well, Matt, just to throw this back your way before we come to Mitch, that 
do you think that he, he sees this period as a time that he won't really be criticised as much because maybe the spine's out, Yerimina's out, Dakure's out, Calvert-Lewin's out, Luca Dean's out, even Gomez on the bench is out. You, know, you, you might see that as a bit of a, it's an uphill struggle anyway, so let's use this time anyway to make a bit of a point. Do you think that might be an element of it as well? Yeah, possibly, but... But me personally, I think the point he then should have made was, well, we're going to have to play the kids and throw them in. But yeah. if he's trying to make, if he's trying to score points with the ball, if that is what he's doing, because obviously we, I don't know what's going on in his head. If that is what he's doing, then it's a dangerous game. Um, just basically throwing away results against teams that we should be beating just to prove a point. Yeah. Well, anyone would struggle without the spine. So you've got to cut him some slack there because we have, as much as like the best teams should be able to cope without three or four players, you do build your team around these players. And when they're not there, it is hard to then start chopping, changing tactics, formations, and things like that. So, yeah, you will cut, you've got to cut him some slack there. Like, you've got any reflections on that, Mitch, yourself? It's a good point. Well, I back that. I haven't really thought about it from that angle. Yeah, possibly, mate. But don't forget, Gabbaman's a twenty-five million pounds central midfielder, isn't he? You know, you pay big bucks for him. I know he's been out a long time, like. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he was, you know, sort of playing that sort of game. Um, but like you just said, there, it's you know he's he hasn't he's he hasn't had the greatest starts, like injury-wise. He's had like, you know, his number one keeper out at times. He's had his club captain out at times. He's had you know. Is, is centre forward DCL out with Charleston to Corey. So he has been up against it. Um we're not we're not a Manchester City or a Chelsea where you can take a fifty million pound player out and throw another fifty million pound player in. I mean Chelsea have got Lukaku and Timo Werner out there, you know, hundred million pound striker and a sixty million pound striker, and you just lash in Kai Havertz who costs seventy million. You know, yeah. we're we're not there. We're we're replacing our top striker with a thirty two year old Fucking free agent, you know what I mean? It, it's just unfortunately we're not. We're, that's just the situation we're in. Big Sally runs on. Yeah. <laughs> that you then know. says that the problems. Um. Yeah, the players are the problem, but then it goes beyond them and beyond the manager, and then goes to the board because the oh. reason why we're in this position is because yeah. of decisions made by the board. Definitely, oh. I agree. I, I think it's higher up. Um. You know, he's had no money to. The reason he's had no money to spend to improve the squad as well is obviously because of past mistakes. That's a you know affected it. So, well, there's been a lot. Of, I mean, look, we 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 really delved into that last week in terms of the boards. Yeah. Um, my view, simple on this, um, is that look, if you're looking at a problem, if you then say, for example, all right, let's try and change the manager. Right, I can accept that. Right, that might that might not work the first time. But it doesn't work the second time. It doesn't work the third time. It doesn't work the fourth or the fifth time. Mm. You then change the director of football. That's still not working. You then listen to reports from like the Athletic again and, and various other publications that suggest that actually the, the, the director of football actually can't even do his job properly because Keir Janabuchin, um, Mashiri. Um, Bill Ken writes, there's too many layers, too many That's people the involved, too many opinions. Yeah, you then got to think, let's start looking at the constants, you know, and uh, because we've tried all the other stuff of changing the man- manager, uh, and actually it makes us worse off because we just end up with bits of different philosophies and different 
you know, styles of play. And, uh, and for me, you know, I'm, I, I, I've never thought of beer, but I actually think that, that, that Rafa could actually be a blessing in disguise for us because he's he does like to play a few games, Matt, doesn't he? You know, he, he does like to sell a few home troops. Um, yeah. He's not afraid to actually challenge. Um, you know, that, that may actually be a position where he starts challenging certain people and they don't like it. Uh, but I think that some people actually might need that uh, within this football club at the moment because uh, for whatever reason, they're not doing what they should be doing and that's bringing success to Everton Football Club. And for me, I'm sure for all of you and all the people listening, that's simply not good enough. Um, so, so which Mishiri's been there how many years? Was six, five or six? Yeah. And we've had, what, five managers, two caretaker managers in that time. Like people rip waffles, like say if you get past the first couple of weeks, you've done well. We're just as bad. And the That's... amount of the amount of players we've signed and sold in that time as well, it's ridiculous. I'd suggest maybe I've said it on the group as well. I think now looking at it, Mashiri is the problem because he's he's obviously a great businessman. Mm. But why didn't Arsenal let him have more of a say? So that is it because Cronky wanted more power or is it because they just don't trust his judgment when it comes to football matters? Because if you if you believe the stories, you know, like I've said before, he apparently hired Allardyce because Rick Parry had made a joke that like, oh, you better get Allardyce in. So he went, yeah, all right, yeah, and hired him. And that, if that's true, that's a disgrace. And it's decisions he's made, like listening to your batching, you know, come and sign my player for 30 odd million. That wasn't apparently um, Brands' player, was it? Getting a Wobie yeah. in. So if you give Brands a job to do and then don't let him do it, what's yeah. the point in him being there? I must the point of moving him on because you're only going to get another fella um, yeah, yeah. that might not look as good in in his James Bond suit. Um, Doesn't wear Fendi. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, ultimately his hands are still going to be tied and you're still going to be in the same position. So you've got to start looking at the constants there. Well, do you we know, know that Brands is good at his job because he hasn't been allowed to do it? Now, mm-hmm. and look, I think there's other underlying issues. You know, there's... See, this is the thing when people, you know, straight away when people are like, oh, when we lose, it's like Rafa out, right? You know, it doesn't... We could have fucking Jürgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola in charge. It's it, it still have the same problem. Yeah, we, I mean, we might, we, we might be, two, we might be two, two points better off. <laughs> but, you know, and, you know, we're not talking, you know, going to be top of the league or whatever, you know, the, the, the results aren't going to be... We, we, we live in, in in a world where, look, things aren't, aren't perfect, they aren't, and we all want it to be perfect overnight. We all want to win every week because that's, you know, that that's what defines us. That's our identity. This is what we believe to be our, our right as an Evertonian, and we, so it should. That's our club motto. And our club is one of the most successful clubs in the country, and we need to get back there. But at the same time, we also need that kind of reality check to say that we can't do it overnight. Our last probably most successful period in well, I'm not using success as that's the wrong word to use, but our last period of being competitive was under David Moyes, where it did take us a few years to get there. You know, and, and you know, again, 1.7 million now. If you looked 12, 14 years ago, that's probably the equivalent of 100,000 pounds. And actually, we yeah. sold players as well, so we probably haven't even spent that. We're probably in a negative spend. So, in actual fact, you know, he, he he's got zero money. Uh, and and he's coping with a squad that's that that's through years of mismanagement. Uh, so like David Moyes, then you're gonna have to give him time. 
And don't forget, yeah, okay, well, he hasn't done a lot the last few years, but neither is David Moyes, and people are, people are crowing after David Moyes. At the same time, David Moyes was at Everton, Rafa Benitez was winning trophies all over the place, all over Europe. Yeah. Uh, you know, Liverpool, Chelsea, Napoli. Napoli have been back in form twice over the last five years. That says it all. You know, that this, this, this is this is a big club in, in Italy that want to restore their, their themselves to where they need to be. And they've had rap and they won them back and they've tried and he's, he's turned it down. So, uh, look, I, I think that sometimes I think as much, it's important that we, we, we dissect games. I think it is. And, you know, there's the certain, re- someone nailed it the other day. He said, I can still criticise Rafa Benitez tactics without wanting them out. And, and you know, at, at the same time, I think it's ridiculous that anyone wants them out. You know, we've, we've got to get to a stage where we stop doing the same thing and just expect different results. What was it? Was it Einstein who said that was the first sign of madness? Um, you know, remember Moises, was it his second full season? He finished 17th, yeah, just above the relegation yeah. zone. So. Imagine if you know if we either flapped it and just got rid of him then. Did we stay up no. by a point all on gold? It was it was tight like yeah, it was tight. You remember. You know, I think it's probably gonna get ugly. It could get worse for us, but I think you've got to stick with it and, and ride it out. And he needs he, it's not having just three a couple of months, he needs three years, in my opinion. Um, a minimum, yeah. A minimum, even to get anywhere near the squad he, he wants to try and get together, but um, yeah, that's all I'd say. You've got to just stick with it, I think. A, a big thing was obviously this is you know, we say you know, we can still criticize at times for decisions. I, I don't, we, we should be in a place where we, we start saying, you know, let's let's just give them three years and we will criticize but anyway. In between, because look, everyone makes mistakes, we can always do better. Uh, one thing that, 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 that there's a bit of a constant is the set pieces. Um, but I, I, they, they literally have not been good enough. Um, you know, and I don't know how they're going to solve that. Um, you know, do they get... There's an argument maybe that Calvert-Lewin, exceptional in the air, clears a lot. Richardson's only just come back, who does actually clear a lot. Takure, big physical lads now out. Yerimina, absolute colossus. I'm sure that's not helping. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's... We need to do something because the last three or four, well, a couple of, well, certainly the last two or three games, uh, the Watford's first two goals were corners, and you'd almost felt like they were going to go in before they actually took the corner. Um, I, look, I, I, I mean, how do we solve this? Anyone got any solutions for me? Getting into zonal marking. Yeah. It didn't yeah. work under Martinez, and it's not going to work now. Well, you see, that's the interesting one because the zonal marking stuff. Guardiola uses it, doesn't he? Klopp uses it. Um, well, Angelotti they got uses Van Dijk it. and Stones. Yep. And... Their players listen, though. They, yeah. listen to, they listen to instructions. Yeah. Well, what wasn't it? Was it Carlo that? And, and someone said, I mean, I, I need to watch the game back and, and just punish myself to watch it back. Someone said he'd done what Carlo done last year, which was to, to do half and half. The old um, fried rice and chips, um, <laughs> where he, he went with like you know certain people protecting certain areas, but you know the you know key players being being marked, but it didn't feel like that because that wall centre half was almost thrown out three of our players, and he still managed to get the head and you know put it in the back of the net, um, you know because we because we do that and just rely on the fact that Mina's coming back and a few others, so you know or, or, or do we need to bring someone in? Do we need to just do something different and maybe bring in a set piece coach? I don't know. 
I think I think we probably just need better players. I think it's that simple. Because you look at the way um, when they, they that lad, I can't remember his name now, but of course it was his first goal in the Premier League against us. <laughs> and you look at it when he went up for the header. Keane comes up for the header, but he's leaning backwards. How can he header a ball clear if he's jumping at an angle to lean backwards? It, it, that says that his starting position is all wrong. So yeah. he, you've got enough yards to see the ball swinging in. You can set yourself and jump. But he's he, from a standing start, he's jumping backwards, trying to clear the ball, getting in other people's way. And this lad steals in between three of them and headers it in. Bass, Mitch has sat next to me at the game every week, and Cooper has, and they've listened to me say it. Michael Keane is going to be the death of me. <laughs> Honestly, it's like, look, I don't like getting it in individuals. I actually think he's a, he's a good professional football player. I think he's a Premier League footballer. But there's certain things that that, that I, I, it gets me, my heart starts beating when he does it. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, it's, you know, the way he naturally instinctively steps back when a player's attacking him because, you know, he's yeah. used to that low block kind of thing with, with Burnley. I like players that from for trying to attack the ball, even sometimes if they give a foul away, but his natural instincts to back off, which invites yeah. the shots. You know, the, the fact that sometimes I like the centre halves always to meet the ball and not let it bounce. Yeah. You let it bounce and then a player will move in and you get you, out in your mouth over it. You know, these then it's a big reach and all that kind of stuff going on. Yeah, if attack and, the ball and if he goes if a fella goes past you, he goes past you, you know, just get him next time. But you, you know, take just, the other pass. I mean, yeah. honestly, that's where God, he's going to be the death of me. Honestly, I'm, I, I, sometimes I can't take it at the match, and I'm just looking at Cooper <laughs> or Mitch, and I'm just like, <laughs> but he's not. Look, I'm not saying he's a bad centre half. Like he's a Premier League centre half, but he like he, he's got he's so limited. Uh, yeah, he with him, it's it's de- it's that death by a thousand cuts because he'll have a period where he'll be disastrous, like he's in now. But then he'll have a few weeks where he looks solid and he'll do a few good th- and then he'll start working his way back in to the team and being like everyone's like, Oh yeah, he's no, he's our he's our centre half. And then he'll do it again. No, he's he's up and down, up and down. And it's gotta yeah, be a mentality he, thing. He is, yeah. But you haven't even mentioned the fella who was next to him. Oh god. Absolutely <laughs> utter disgrace. He I honest to God, I can't stand him. Is, is he trying to get like a fucking Wrigley's extra chewing gun contract or something? Like the way he struts about, he's like a, a typical modern day footballer. He hasn't yeah. got a, a bad bone in his body. He's not gonna. How's he gonna go to war for you then? He's just. I can't stick him. He's awful. You can give that, Michael Keane all, all the shit in the world, and he hasn't been great. But yeah. that fella, Mason Holgate, is terrible. Absolutely I, terrible. I've got to admit, look, I, I, I seen on our group. You know, everyone was going for it the other day. You know, there's 20 of us on the WhatsApp group. And I think it checked and I couldn't stomach looking at the group at the time because like 280 comments and it was like, I was suffering enough watching the game, never mind, like dissecting. Well, it makes a difference. It's only you, you on it. Honestly, I I was past that point. And uh, I actually bizarrely thought that Holgate was actually by that title, which was was a bit of a reckless one. But I can't speak about that because I normally throw them kinds of challenges in. But, you know, I, I thought that was a bit of a reckless one. But I actually thought that the, the, the Holgate, I'm not saying he was good, but I'd say he was like a 6 out of 10, which in that back line against Wolves was probably one of the highest scoring at the back line because I thought the rest of the, the four were, well, was the rest of the, the three of us that were playing in the back line with them were awful. Did you have um, a drink watching the match the other night, or? 
<laughs> no, I actually wasn't, Mister. So that's probably why then. <laughs> um, so right, we've, we've been in the, the zonal marker thing. But one thing we spoke about on this podcast probably for a good two years, Mitch, was Hawanki Chan. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're talking. We're talking. You know, I think the first thing that got us got him on the radar was when he he, uh, he, he, he put it through uh, Virgil's legs, wasn't it? Um, yeah. The Salzburg, um, and and he, you know, at that time it was like he can't be dribbled past and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but he, you know, he told that night for Salzburg, he really stood out. And I think we, me and you just carried on watching him then, didn't we? And you know, as a bit as a bit of thing for for Everton to sign, and we've been linked a few times. Yeah. Um, there were rumours that, that that obviously he was very close in January, but King was on the table and the price had changed last minute and, and what have you. Um, he, he looked to play, didn't he? I, I, I was watching him thinking. Uh, I know. It, what could have been? He's exactly what we need. Yeah. You know, he's he's hard work. Yeah. And he seems to be everywhere the other day, just everywhere on the pitch. And He kept peeling off, didn't he? I think that was the big issue, that he kept peeling off into an area of no that no man's land area. Yeah. Where it was in between that like Keane didn't know whether to come or go. And Alan didn't know whether to drop back and they ended up arguing with each other constantly over it. And him and Ez was doing the same thing, ironically another player that we you know we were very close in 2017 to getting. Um but it he caused us no end of problems. Yeah he had a goal disallowed didn't he first half. Yeah 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 he was he was excellent mate and uh Say no surprise to me and you, it, but like I say, I just wish I wish we had got him. He's a cracking player, yeah. And he can play anywhere across that front three as well. Which, yeah, I think I think our fans would have really took to him as well. You know his style, you know, he doesn't stop like and uh, but hey ho, yeah. You were talking about it last night, where we, I mean, you could have a, a list as, as long as the dark rose about the players that we should have signed and we never signed, you know. And, he was started last night for Atlanta, um, the Colombian forwards. Arthur? Yeah. The past of whatever his name is, yeah. Another one, uh, 2017, nearly bought some. Jimenez, you know, that he was close. I remember, actually, Twitter was having a breakdown about signing Jimenez because everyone was putting his goals scored and stats up saying, why are we spending that amount of money or linked to him? And actually, he's took to the, the Premier League like a dog out of water. So, stories sometimes... And he scored <laughs> five against us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I thought he was really good. Um, we, we just talked about a bit of a, a candidate. It was weird. There was a bit of an atmosphere in the air the other night. Um, in the second half, actually, we were we were much better. We changed it around slightly. Obviously, I don't think it was just about Delft coming on. I think we, we tweaked the whole layout of how we were playing. You know, we looked more work than like in the... In, in the approach and, and actually caused Wolves a few issues at times um, but there, there were a few disputes um, it did, didn't look a happy ship at times uh, and Seamus Coleman obviously still our captain I think he's been a great player what a sign 60 grand he's done us so well over you know the dec- I think it must be close to a decade now 2010 we got him to be 2011 yeah. Um, obviously, we had three captains um, the season uh, last season. Um, obviously, I won't name the, the other captain that was there, but we had like this team of captains. But Luca Dean was obviously involved in it, and uh, and Gilfie. Uh, is it time for a new captain? 
have we really got a captain, a commander of the ship on the pitch? Um, you know, for me, I'd like to see maybe Seamus become a vice captain and, and coach the next captain, you know, and, and use that as a kind of mentor role to make sure there's a, a, a success. I'll get you words out tonight. A success plan. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you lads think. You know, I think Yeri Mina, someone like that, that you know, should, yeah. you should not consider moving that. Yeah, he just took the words out of my mouth there. For me, he's only got the captaincy because he's, he's been there the longest. That's that's the only reason he's got it. And, you know, he, I, I'm sure he is a lovely, lovely fella and he's good around, around the training grounds and that, but I don't think he's a leader on the pitch. I don't think he's a he's a captain. Um, I would give it to Yeri Mina or even Pickford, to be honest with you. They would be my two because Pickford doesn't show Pickford's dead vocal and loud at the back. I think he has an half raised this game. He has an half. He's got better. He gets he's getting better each season, I think, with age. Um, but I think Yeri Mina is a proper captain at the back as well. He's another one. He, if he was English, he, he I think he'd be the captain. Um but I just I, I'm he leads by example, like you know, he's always there, he's always in the left ear, he's always having a go at this the forwards, and they would be my t- my two, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm one of them. What about I'd yourself? Be, I'd be concerned about Mina's injury record. You know, I would have him as a captain, but you know, he, he tends to go off injured quite a lot. But I'd, I definitely have Pickford. I'd, I would have liked to have said Alan, but I think. I think Mitch is right, uh, which is right now that you need someone who's going to coach the next captain, who's someone who's going to sort of embody the club for a couple of years. And Alan hasn't got that long left in him, so I'd say my choice would be Pickford. And I can't really think of anyone else in the squad who'd who'd be up to the challenge, to be honest, because there's not that many. Like you're saying, for about people got a bit of a bad bone in the body. You look at like players we've got, like Davis and Calvert Lewin and all that. They're nice lads. No, they seem nice lads on the pitch. They look, they look like nice lads off the pitch. They never get into any sort of trouble, which is a good thing. But you, you want your captain to have that edge too, and they haven't got that edge. And I can't think of anyone else who has got it. So I probably would say Pickford would be my choice. It's an interesting point again that you raised, Matt. You are Mister Interesting Point tonight. Um, <laughs> I've been saving Matt, up. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe we're lacking a certain a certain percentage of people in that, that squad that can have that bit of an edge to them. Um, Richardson's one that hasn't been mentioned. I know, I know that. Again, look, I, I like my captain to be a vocal captain. You know, someone that that, that everyone is. You know, talking to the referees and you know, all that kind of stuff. I think yeah. Richardson probably goes too far the other way sometimes. Um, but we, you know, I mean, could you consider him? You know, with that, you know, is that a way to maybe secure a contract for him? Um, or, yeah, I didn't think maybe... so, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you can, there's different ways to be a captain, isn't it? You can lead by example. And I don't, I don't go for this thing. You know, everyone says he's always stalking. He needs, you know, they criticizes what they think is his attitude on the pitch. I think that's just his face. I mean, he's, he's not sulking. He's just working hard and he gets pissed off and it doesn't go his way. And that is what you want. So, yeah, I think Richarlison, maybe not just now, but if he stuck around, that would be a good shout because he, he he does work hard. He's around the team when he's not when he's injured. You know, like someone said on the group, you know, he was there. He's there at the match. He's, he wants to be involved. He loves Everton. But whether he's 
whether he's bigger than us and he ends up going on to bigger things, you know, that would that could probably prevent them being the captain. Interesting to see if we could use that as a bit of a, a negotiation for next season, wouldn't it? Yeah. Being an and Richardson to say, look, you're gonna both of you are gonna be involved in the captaincy next season. Um I mean two South Americans must be a first to have his yeah. vice and, and captain, but yeah, they're just, just food for thought anyway. Like you say, there is different types of captains. There's the shouter, the role model, you know, the, the talisman. You know, uh, funny enough, I was speaking to, to me rubber who for his sins is a red. Um, and uh, he was talking about his favourite strikers over, you know, it's any, um, I think there was some kind of quiz or something like that. And Suarez was his top fella. Um, but, you know, you very much remind me at times of Suarez. Yeah. Yeah, you know that. You know, we're very sulky. Just you know, it's not going his way. You will see. You'll know it. Uh, you often wonder what's going through his head, but you know, he's, he's, you know, often it's he's beating himself up as opposed to anything else because he just wants to be the best version of himself and to have an effect. Um, I do think there's an extra 30 percent in Richardson. Uh, yeah. I really hope that we see it. I really hope that we see it. But he needs everyone else around him to walk the game so he can give that. Because against Watford, he was doing doggies, just running around the pitch. There was nothing else he could do. He was getting no support. He wasn't getting the ball in dangerous areas. So he can't show his full potential unless the other 10 men behind him are doing their jobs as well. Do you think there's a certain element he can't play as a number nine as well, though? Um, I don't know. He does that for Brazil, doesn't he? Well, my argument would be... He's got, he's got better players around him there, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Well, yeah. exactly. And... Maybe I thought that he was very good as that second striker. Almost like I think he, I think he's good there, yeah. Because the other the other thing as well, I don't know what you think, but I I don't like Gray through the middle. I like him out wide. I don't like him centrally. So yeah. I think when everyone is fit, you'd like to see Gray down the left with Charles and sorted off DCL. Like at the start of the season when we were getting results. Um, yeah. I sort of like him in that number ten role. He's a bit elusive then, isn't he? Second, you know, he's hard second, to striker you, second striker, if you like, sorry. Yeah. And it, it makes him harder then, doesn't it, Mr. the targets? I think, uh, you know, DCL can handle all the kind of elbows in the back and the knees and all that. Richardson yeah. tends to, you know, he, he tends to get frustrated then, doesn't he? And, yeah, the good thing with, with Richardson, he, he, he gets fouls, doesn't he? And he gets them, it, when he's in that little role there, just bet- between the defence and the midfield, he gets free kicks and dangerous positions as well. Yeah, like um, what Jack Grealish does, but Jack Grealish yeah. is English, so he gets he gets praise for it. Michelle yeah. Bolland, so he gets criticised. Yeah, exactly. Well, they the same moves a lot as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, he gets the fouls up the pitch. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like you say, it's pick and choose at times, don't we? Um, so, um, look, it's going to be a bit of a hard run for us, I think, isn't it? Um, don't think... Looking on, there's, there's that much easiness coming. Um, the Matt um, was asking actually on the podcast before, um, and he was asking uh, if you would call him for the manager. Um, but in, in view of the fact that we we have probably got, we've discussed this actually, is the fact that we've got a bit of mental fragility in the squad. It does seem to be a lack of courage, and there certainly is a bit of a tactical limitation. Who would actually take that to, to do a better job? Um, are we na- naive almost? This is me adding on to that. Are we naive almost to think that that we could actually get rid of them and, and be okay to, to move on? 
who knows really because that that's always what gets leveled at you when you when you look on like twitter and you say oh sack the manager someone goes well who would you hire and really my answer that would be well it's not my job to hire them so i don't really need to give that answer i'll, I'll but, tell you whose job it is matt <laughs> far as machinery <laughs> yeah and his, his, hit, his hit ratio isn't exactly very good at the moment not at all no <laughs> <laughs> But that's it. Who is there? And that's the other answer. Who, who would you have? Well, who is there? I don't know. Because we've tried Ancelotti, one of the you no know, the best managers in the world. Didn't well, he turned bandit on us and got off, didn't he? So, but it wasn't really working at the time he done it. And all the stories come out now is that he had, he didn't really have the dressing room, did he? He didn't know what they were doing. So, I don't. I honestly don't know who out there could do that job. Or anyone who could do the job, whether they take it, because I don't think they would. Well, that, 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 that's an interesting clip on it. Um, we've just heard uh, Umay Emery um, suggest that he wouldn't look at the Newcastle job because of a lack of direction. Um, maybe that's why he's never been linked to an Everton football club. Um, but you know, it's sometimes we you know we look at some of these names ourselves as fans. You know, we, we salivate over them and think, you know, we'd, have, we'd, we'd take Potter. But, you know, genuinely, would Potter or Emery even even look twice at Everton Football Club at the moment, the way we are? Probably not. Why would he? Why, why would Potter leave Brighton? Who, like, it, you could argue he's got a job for life there. Um, and he's doing well with them. A, club, a team that he's built. Why would he walk away from that into this mess that Ancelotti couldn't sort out or Benitez couldn't sort out? And it, it's weird, it's always like the better the devil you know sometimes. You know, I think we, we've tried this chopping and changing. Um, maybe we, we we just need to give Rafford the chance now and just, just allow him that time to, to do what he does. Um, I'd say that against against me better judgment because I was quite vocal now, much I didn't like him. But I'm sick of this. Who are we going to get? Someone else comes in that changes again and again. So I'd rather just not like him for three years. Than, <laughs> than just have this constant merry-go-round all the time, which is just boring now. Because you get your hopes up and it doesn't work. And or yet like we all get all invested in Ancelotti and then that doesn't work. So there's, there's a lot of love for, for Newcastle all of a sudden. Uh, obviously not from our, our friends Chico and Jill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Umay Emery fan page has been excellent today. Oh, is there an easy route forward for them? You know, obviously you've seen Emery reject them today. Um, who 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 would you turn for there if you were Newcastle now? Obviously, I think um, I think you've obviously got someone. I forget a name. Mander is it that's that, that seeking? Stavely. Yeah, Stavely that's seeking the next manager. Um, who, who would you? I mean, are they going for the right choices? The right names? Who do you think they'll actually get? Is there anyone that that actually? It's the same for them as it is for us, but they, you take away all the all the money that they've apparently got, they're in a worse position than we are. Yeah, they, yeah, they need to they put an awful squad. Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah. The, who's going to go there? Because it, there's only so much money you can throw at people. You know, you can go there for the money, but like I was saying, that they will make the same mistakes that we've made. They'll they'll sign a load of overpriced players on big contracts because they have the only thing they've got to offer them is money so they'll have to just throw loads of money at them they'll 
they'll chop and change the managers when it's not working and they'll end up in the same position as us now. Like, I absolutely guarantee it. It's almost like, you know, it's you'd like to think they start stepping back a bit. Um, Bruce, for me, would have been sensible to keep to, to the summer. Yeah. Mm. Uh, maybe Emery might have looked at it then. You know, if they went to him and said, look, I know you're further I am. Um, you're in Europe, you're doing well. Uh, however, you know, next summer we're going to come knocking. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the the first of all, we're going to stay up. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you start telling us what kinds of players you want and we'll start looking at them. Yeah. Uh, but they've ultimately left themselves in a perilous situation where I think they're at six or seven points already off the, the drop, you know, in terms of like surviving. Um, it don't look good, does it? You know, if Eddie Howe comes in as well. Well, do you know who they like? Do you remember that Martin Bashir documentary with um, Michael Jackson? And he was walking yeah. around that shop going, one of them, one of them, one of them, one of them. <laughs> all the money in the world, no taste and no clue how to spend it. So we're just wasting it, buying all sorts of things that don't fit together. That was us and that will be them. And I'm not wishing it on them. I'm just, as a realist, saying I can see it. Well, I am wishing it on them because I don't like them, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Up there, Unai Amari fan page, anyway. Hopefully, we track Steve Harry and a few others, Barry Venner, and all the lads. He's um, waiting for Rule Fox to bite. I think we should find out. He was, he's a stick book legend, then, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. The curious case of Raul Fox. You can see me by that now. I never bought a CT on Dublin on um was it Homes Under the Hammer? Homes Under the Hammer, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Ralph Fox is doing some spurious TV show in like Australia or something like that. He was on Celebrity Master Chef the other day. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, talk about the the, the, the manager Medi go around. So, before we go on to the next questions, obviously, Conte's gone. To Spurs in a very evident situation, just uh, being Spurs game in charge. Will, uh, will he have enough time to, to turn them round? Uh, what's going on with Harry Kane? You know, with Harry Kane even interested in being the Spurs anymore? You know, will Conte change that? I don't know. I, I, I feel as though Harry Kane feels like he needs to disappear elsewhere, but I don't want to say that because he ends up scoring a hat trick against us at the weekend, to be fair. And, yeah. and that's the end of but it's a strange situation, that one, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, mate, because is is the the relationship just broke now with Harry Kane and Tottenham, or is he going to sort of give it a, give it another go with Conte there now? Maybe Conte might talk him round. Um, it'll be it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, like you say, he he'll most probably yeah, score a couple on Sunday, won't he? Like they all do. Well, he he's been struggling for goals. So it would it would make perfect sense for him to, to be licking his lips waiting yeah. for the end of the picture. Um <laughs> but there we go. That's that's the hands were dealt. Um yeah. the lads off the um well, lads and girls off the off the mint uh, podcast said um if you could take an Everton memory with you, what is it? Um and they, they put a, a fantastic uh, old school picture of the little woods clock on it, um, on the ground, or the you know, the fans back in the 
proper heyday of Everton. Um, so I'll start uh, with yourself, Mark, as you were quick, um, smiling there, and I think we've got something waiting for us. But obviously, the old, you know that that kind of old thing towards the old lady that the clock's ticking, we're moving towards Bramley Mall. The cones being moved. Yeah. <laughs> got his chapter up there, getting all the, all the live footage for the fans, um, and obviously things are happening down there. So, well, you know, what do you want to take with you? What's the memory? My my one memory that I take with me that I don't think Bramley Moore will probably be able to replicate was my first memory at Goodison was the four all FA Cup draw with Liverpool. And um, I was sitting in the Gladys Street in GT1 in the corner, right next to where the corrugated plastic is. And I could see like a street light outside shining through. And that was my only memory of that game. But my main memory that I'd take, which is sort of along that lines, but it was in the main stand, was when I first, I didn't go to the game for a while. And when I first started going again with my dad, we went, when we played West Ham and Amakachi got knocked out by McCloscoe, who got sent off. <laughs> And it was a night game and coming up them steps where you get to the top of the steps and you look down and all the floodlights are on, the pitch looks dead green and the seats are dead blue. That That is the memory that I'd take with me. It's nothing to do with any games or any goals or anything like that. It's that yeah. feeling when you're a kid and you get to the top of them steps and look out. And I, I don't think it's going to be quite the same in Bramley Moor, but there's something about Goodison and even other fans from other clubs have said that. There's something about Goodison when you come up the steps on a night game and look out at the pitch. What a challenge that is. You know, if obviously Dan Mees is back on board now, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and I know Dan had spent some time with Goodison and, and understanding how we tick as fans and what makes Goodison. Um, but I think that's a fantastic challenge to replicate that kind of walk up and that fair feeling. Yeah, I think you need that walk up. When you come off the yourself, steps and look out. Yourself with kids, you know, you obviously Mitch yeah. will probably go on to Toby as well, but Matt, I'm sure you're the same where you know you want your your girls to, to feel the same, don't you? As you, yeah. you, you feel as a dad, you know, about Goodison Park. Well, that's it. My my memory is going there with my dad. So I'd like their memory to be I mean, they're on the waiting list for season ticket. They might not be interested when they're old enough to get one, but you know, I'd like that to be a memory that they take with them as well. Like they came up the steps with the dad, saw the pitch and all that, and then anything that happens on the pitch, you know, you forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the actual game gets in the way of a good day out. You always tell that. Yeah, yeah. Never changes. Um, a tough act, act to follow there, Mitch. To be fair, um, I'm, I'm sure you, I'm sure you can relate to some of that as well yourself. Oh yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, you know, like he says, like Matt said there, you know. Going to match with your dads, with your granddads, with your uncles. I used to used to love like and um best memory I had. Obviously been loads of games, hasn't it? That great games you've been to. But when we stayed up against Coventry and um we all ran on the pitch and I was with me two cousins, me dad, me two uncles, and um I just remember running on the pitch and the smell you could smell like the Vicks of the players still on the pitch and and I remember doing a cleansman on my belly. And the, the the grass was that wet. I just slid right off the side into the the the, the, the horn, <laughs> and um, I looked like a right dickhead. And then I did, everyone was like taking the taking a bit of the grass, you know, taking the grass with you. And I had like a patch of grass down my kicks, patch of grass under my cap, and I left it in my bedroom for like 
on my desk for for months and it just turned into like a little bit of dirt. But that feeling of being on the pitch and like being on my dad's shoulders and with my uncles and my cousins, like everyone celebrating was just was brilliant, like absolutely brilliant. Unbelievable, isn't it? You know, you yeah. think it's just to think it's just gonna disappear overnight. Yeah. It's such a task to replicate all this. But um <clears throat> You, you've both gone for one when you, you are younger. I'm going to go for one that actually went a, a bit older. Um, so I'm going to go for one that, that's actually very recent. Um, you know, I think going to the game, I, I mentioned before, sometimes actually the actual game gets in the way of good day out. Um, going to the games about community, it's about the smells when we're walking down to the grounds, about the, the sounds that we hear, hat scarves, badges. You know, it's about the familiar faces. It's about, you know, the, the communities, the same faces we see in the bar that we go to before on County Road. You know, the, the people that we walk down the steps to, Matt, as we get to the top of the steps and we remember them familiar faces. Sometimes you actually don't know the names, you know, but we know the faces, yeah. we know how they feel. We know their reactions to certain moments. You know, there's a fellow who sits in front of us, that Mitchell, remember this one, you know, and he, he knows all the, the, the linesman's names and he react to them, you know, there's, someone a couple of rows back that react to bad passes and it's that feeling of, of community it's that feeling of, of seeing the same people that you see every day you know it's that that feeling of that you belong you know you're part of that um and, and often that you know you actually don't know half of the names but you know, it when i came down after i came back to the game after after the pandemic not not in the pandemic i know the pandemic's still going on um and it's awful but um I went to a game in the pandemic and I sat in a totally different place and the game wasn't the same for me. I missed that feeling. I just yeah. wasn't right. And that first game back in a full house of Goodison and seeing the same faces and seeing the same smiles, seeing the same gas, seeing the same anger, you know, seeing, seeing, seeing what, what, what made the game for me was unique and everyone's experience at Goodison Park is bespoke and unique. And that's the task as well, you know, to, to replicate that, that, that community, that feeling. And that belonging that you have at, at, at the old lady, um, you know, and that, that that for me was the, was huge. It was emotional, and then he started crying when I went back and stuff. And actually, there was there's people that, that I didn't see there that day, and I was worrying about them. Yeah, I was thinking, did did they actually survive? You know, and the, the, you know they had the, the whole thing on the on the big screen of the lives that were lost during COVID. Um, I'll never forget it. You know, I feel like we've been through a lot, you know, and as a fan base, as you know, it's a football family right across the country. And, you know, that's the big thing for me. Will we ever get there? You know, that that, that community, that, that sense of belonging needs to be replicated um, when they get to Bramley Moor. Yeah, I'd go with that. And that's, it's, it's like things you remember now, like there, there was always that person that rang the bell when the ball went out for a throw-in or something. And, you know, all little things like that and, and uh, even like the toffee lady I know she hasn't been around for a few years but uh, that, yeah. that is not going to be the same when we move because it's not like they're going to just pick up everyone's seat and move it to the same place in the new ground mm. because there's going to be more season ticket holders so they'll mix in as well and people will go well I always sat there but maybe I'll try somewhere else so it's, it, it is going to be a totally new you're starting again from scratch basically yeah, it's like the walk up to Goodison as well, isn't it? You know, you you're walking yeah. through the houses, you're walking through the houses yeah, in the streets, yeah. and yeah. it's gonna have a, you know, and then you see the big ground, and you're like, wow, what are you? And yeah, 
Um, I always walk up Dumbarton Street and think Graeme Sharp used to play for Dumbarton. I think yeah. that every single time I walk down that road and it's been God knows how many times and you still think it. It's like past me routine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? You know, it's all them small things that, you know, and the small things make the big things. Um, yeah. And it, it's going to be a huge, huge task to replicate that. In lockdown, yeah. you know, I was saying this actually the other day to I was talking to Jay Deacon. Um, big shout out to him and Tour Club, um, the fantastic work they're doing for males mental health. Um, but um, I was talking about um, just just generally, you know, the the actual that the, at times I was at a game and I was looking at my phone and, and reading my phone, and I forget the phone. Yeah, I forget the game was on in lockdown. Yeah, and as you know, as a blue. Um, all the phones disappear for five or six hours at the game. You know, you meet the lads, you're talking, you know, you you're at the game. There's no iPads or, or phones getting recorded. You know, you all this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I won't name the clubs that do. Um, but not a phone in sight. You know, you you just tune out for that period of time, and it, it really hammers home for me in lockdown that that you know that you miss that feeling, you know, that that connection that you've got with the football game. Um, football is a massive driver for change. You know, it's a massive driver for connection and community. And well, anyway, we'll move on from that and get emotional about this stuff. Um, so, um, Matt Hans uh, said about uh, we mentioned about that the uh, the, the sky appearance of me and Matt Parry. Have I mentioned that one? No, not yet. No. So Matt Hans mentions about uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin appearing on Sky Sports. Uh, the old two mics or Mike Parry. Uh, is he? Uh, he's he's known. It said that he should actually be in re- rehabilitation. What's he doing around the team? What well, what's that about? Surely, does he actually honestly think that you should be in re- rehabilitation twenty four seven? You can't do anything else. No, no. I, I don't know. Had he ran out of cinema or something? Did he have nothing else to to do that night? Yeah, um, he's talking shit as usual. Yeah, I. I I don't know what he's on about, and I don't see the problem in it. To be honest, I, I think it, I, I enjoyed watching watching Carvel Lewin on there. Actually, you know, um, I thought he came across as well, and you know, like it happens. I mean, remember every time Tim Kale was out in the he'd be, he'd be on Sky. You know, I think I think they should have players, players, or even fans because it's the same people in there all the time, isn't it? Your Carragher's and your Sunessas and that. They should yeah. have like a player in, I say, a player with a with a fan or. You know, for each team, like so, I don't see the problem at all, like with, with that. Um, I'm sure he's allowed a night off, and he's probably he's probably done his rehab through the day. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So not even so to touch. Yeah. He, he complained that the footballers these days don't have any sort of personality. You get that they're all drones, they're all this, they're all that. Someone like Calvert Lewin, who's he's an individual, he's got his own character, his own sort of way of looking at things. And he'll go on telly and just give his opinion. And he comes across as, no, he does come across as a really decent fella. And he has a few points to make. And he's got an insight into what's going on. He's there. He's a, he's a current player. He's our star player. And it's so, you know, why wouldn't he be on there? He's just going to be sitting at home otherwise. As yeah. you say, he's done his rehab during the day. Do you want him to yeah. overdo it? He's not going to be doing it at 10 o'clock at night, is he? Or 11, <laughs> 11 o'clock at night, whatever time it finished, you know, so... That's Man, the, the thing they yeah. always get, like, the, the, you see pictures of him and Davis and, and players like that, and they're like, oh, look what he's got on, why is he doing that, why is he there? Well, 
when when it matters, they've got a blue shirt on and a pair of footy boots. So who gives a fuck what yeah. they're doing away from the pitch? As long as they're not bringing the club into disrepute, like a few players allegedly mm. do at some clubs, maybe yeah. ours. No, the no, the no issue. So if he wants to, if he, if Sky asks him to do it, and he wants to go and do it, and the club say it's all right, no problem, let him do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and the, again, we're looking to boost our reputation. Um, sometimes, if Sky are left to it, then then they're actually painted in a good light. Um, so I'm all for having Everton, the latest players or current players all over Sky, talking about Everton and bigging the brands up and pushing it out there and, and you know, talking about what Everton actually is as opposed to what other people, you know, don't realise that it is. You know, I don't want Paul Merson on there. Chatting absolute yeah. nonsense, or, mm-hmm. or Alan Pardew with shite dancers, um, talking about what, you know whatever the football club is. I prefer one of our players to be on there if they're injured. You've done the rehab, then yeah. So get get back in your box, Mike Parry. Um, yeah, start complaining about bloody climate change processes or whatever he's got. Who's, who's the other tit as well? While we're on it, who's the other tit that's fucking over in Dubai? The, the one who got fucked off off Sky. Richard Keys. Yeah. I'll tell you, tell you else is a tit who's another blue. Elton Wellsby. He needs to fuck Twitter off. He's an idiot. But these, two, these people, you know, they, they do more, more bad than the actual good. You know, sport our football club. Um, and, you know, what Richard, Richard Keys? Look, I blocked him. I've got. I've actually got the word Richard Keys blocked as well because he's that irrelevant and his nonsense that he comes up with. It was his hot scoops, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think Mike Paddy's going to go down the same route. And it, it was that crap comedian as well, the one that, that the impression artist. Oh, Darren Farley. Yeah, he's no what. He's he's oh, Yeah, I can't believe he's got a job. To be honest. Yeah. But, yeah, right. need anyway. to put him in again. Yeah. Move on. I, I, sorry, I just had a bit of a lamp there. Got a noise. I didn't say the name. <laughs> Take a trigger, that isn't it? Of like, yeah. <laughs> um, another question here asked another Danny asked, um, was about the, the young players. Uh, I'm going to have to touch on that earlier on, saying that, that look, we might not get there. Um, you know, we might get not get to Europe. Uh, Maybe we're not, you know, in, in Fretta going down. Um, five the others will probably finish ninth to 15. You know, it's going to take us time. We'll actually get more young players again. Um, I know it's something we talked about on the chat. Um, there is a big void between that under 23s and the quality of the Premier League, but because we do wear sometimes, we're actually playing some of the younger players. I'd, I'd play them, mate. I'd give some of them a go. I'd, I'd play Bramford instead of a. Uh... The likes of Holgate and that. Um, he's, another, he's another big lad. On Yango's a big lad, midfield. Um, you've seen how well Gordon's done. Um, so why not? I, I'm, I've, listen, we've watched these the same players fail for years with yeah. Everton. So why not give them a go? I mean, is Alex Awobi going to get any better? No. Is Holgate going to get any better? Probably not. Um, Tom Davis, Gabamon, these players, you know. I'm sick of seeing them, to be honest. I'd rather see the young lads get a go. You don't have to you don't have to play five young lads, you only have to play one or two and, and then mix it up. It gives us a bit of um it's a bit of interest because we're going into the games now. 
looking at the lineup, thinking, "Oh my God, I'm sick of this." Yeah. But then you might go, oh, "Who's this young lad here getting the game?" And that might get the fans up for it. You go to the game, you see a young name on the team sheet. Everyone's like up for it, and that translates onto the pitch. Then. Yeah, and and if they if they you know if they don't do it, go well. Fair enough, we tried him. He's not up to it yet, or he's just not up to it anyway. Um, at least you know then. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd, like I say, we've seen the same players for the last few years. Lock and fail, and I'm sick of watching them. To be honest, I'd rather watch the younger lads now get a go. Um, I think he should. He should. He should really. Yeah, well, definitely. A big shout out for the lads of a view from Wolves. Um, and they had the podcast the other day, and they were talking about it, and and um, Michael Ball was saying about the fact that Franny Jeffers, I think it was, he mentioned um, Danny Cads got thrown in quite young. Um, and you, perhaps they weren't physically up to it at the time, but you know, uh, in terms of technical ability, they were there. Um, but sometimes, yeah, I think I think himself as well. I think he got put into the side quite young. Are we overprotecting some of these players at times as well? Yeah, because they are men. Yeah, when you think about it, they are. They, they might be in age, relatively young, but they, you know, we were. It's it, it's about levels, isn't it? But like we were playing open age football when we were like sixteen, seventeen against thirty odd year old fellas, and at that level, surely it's not that much of a jump for for them to do it at that level. You know, they're mm. all obviously light years ahead of us as, as footballers, but the, the levels are still similar, the the disparity between the two. So you can't tell me that, like, you know, Wayne Rooney's probably, like, he's out on his own, but someone like Lewis Dobbin, they thought enough of him to put him in the match day squad. Now, if you're putting him in the match day squad, you've got to be prepared to play him. So if you think he's that good, put him in, because the people on the pitch are not doing it, and they're not doing it week after week after week. So... yeah. Why not give him a go? Yeah, the thing, yeah, you're right, Matt. And like Rooney is an exception, but we threw James Vaughan in at 16. Yeah. You know, Danny Danny Casamassi, was he 16 or 17 when he came in? 16, I think he was. Yeah, you know what I mean? These lads we're talking about, they're 18, 19, 20, 21. You know, it's not as though they are like proper teenagers, the young lads, you know, and um, I'd have, I'd have no no qualms about putting some of them in. Really wouldn't. Like on Yango, he, I mean, he's he's seventeen, eighteen, but he's a big lad, isn't he? Bramfoyt's a big lad, you know. Gordon, you know, Canelli, he's not scared to like shoulder barge or get stuck in. Um, certainly the forwards, Mitch. Um, look, you look at that, and uh, you know, the, there's a bit of a scramble in the box. You know, for me, Lewis Dobbs, I've seen him a couple of times. Um, I'm not saying play him ninety minutes. We'll put him on 10 minutes and up the crowds. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of youthful yeah. exuberance that makes up for any lack of experience, or you know, they, they're going to make mistakes, but how are they going to learn? Because, like yeah. you said, the difference between under 23, that Premier League 2, and the Premier League is that that's kids' football. The Premier League 2, is, I've said it before on this cast, like it's not fit for purpose, it's rubbish. So mm. they need. To be playing men's football and with our squad being so threadbare, the perfect opportunity is there now to play them. That's what they're there for. The reserves and under 23s are there to supplement the first team. So do it. Otherwise, yeah. what's the point in them being there? Yeah, sink or swim, innit? Yeah. You know, you got. Sorry, well, go on. 
You got Sims oh. as well, haven't you? Sims, is he still out? Injured? I, I think he had the boots on, didn't he? So he's working his way yeah. back. Yeah, the word yeah. is that he'll be available to go to, to Blackpool alone in, in yeah, January. There's, a, there's another one. I'd rather see him coming off the bench than the likes yeah, yeah. of Ronzon or Cheng, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh. Tosin. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so just going to go on to the weekend and, and we'll finish there. Obviously, we're playing Spurs. Conte recently in. I think there's a bit of a problem in terms of work permits and that that kind of stuff at the moment because of, because of Brexit. It's, it's not as easy as it used to be. Um, so it's talking about being available for, for Spurs' game on Thursday. Then they've obviously they've obviously got Everton. Um, who? Predictions, um, would you make any drastic changes um, over to yourself, Matt? Yeah, I would, because that team that's played the last couple of weeks will get beat. But uh, this, like I've said before, this is Everton. You know, we, we, it's, we've done it time and time again, where we've, turned, we've been turned over by teams we should beat. And then for some weird reason, we've actually turned up against the better sides and beat them. Well, I, I can't see we're going to beat Tottenham convincingly. But I think if we had a different approach, maybe got a bit of a few of the young lads in, their their exuberance might help. And if we tweak a few things, we might get a result. Um, I'd I'd take a draw. If you told me now, one all, nil nil, something like that, I'd take it all day. Who comes in for you, Matt? Um, that's on Yango. I give him a go. And I play three in the midfield because, um, like we were saying earlier, you need Alan's going to have to play. Gabaman, I, I wouldn't play. I'd probably play Alan, um, Delph, and Onyango in the middle. Um, in centre half, I don't know what they're going to do. They need to sort something out there, but I don't mean he needs to get back fifth as soon as possible. James Mass, what about yourself, Mitch? Listening to that, are you similar? Footnote, are you thinking otherwise? No, I agree. Sort of agree with Matt. I'd, uh, that defence needs... I'd, I'd throw Bramford in. I've got no faith in Holgate. I can't stand him. Um, I play him. I bring Gordon into the side. And... I'd, yeah, try and go free in the middle. Um, Delph probably deserves a start. You know, Delph sitting with Alan and A another in front of him. Um, actually, thought I thought we haven't really mentioned them, but I actually thought Townsend's when he went centrally the other night done all right. Um, not saying start on there, like, but I just think that I just think that extra body in the field, mate. But I don't, I don't know. It, it depends who's available, doesn't it? We, we don't know who's available. Um, as long as Gordon gets a start, I'm not really asked about. <laughs> you know, you play, you play Gordon out wide, and if he has to play him, um, move a Woby into the middle. Play him as a ten because his his crossing is appalling, but he can take a man on. So you think if if he's if you're drilling into him that once you've taken the man on, don't go back and take him on again. Just release the ball, give it to Townsend, give it to um, Gray or. Gold. But if you start if you're starting Gordon and a Wobie, you'd have to leave Gray or Townsend out, wouldn't you? But really, yeah. So I haven't got a clue, mate. I've got a clue what he does. We'll. We'll come up with all these ideas and it'll just be a 4 4 one, one. Yeah. Don't we? I'm going 2 1 Everton. 
I'm always the optimist. Um, I'm going. I'm taking. I'm taking Gabama now. Yeah. Uh, on Yang going. I'm going to put Gordon in that central role. Ask him to drop deeper. I mean, it's a big ask for him, but I'm going to ask him to 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 really be busy in that, that you know off the ball. But I think he's got that in him where he can do it. You know, it might just be that he's, he's putting off passes or chasing off passes, but just ask him to do that that role. Um, on Yang goes slightly deeper. Um, and actually, I, I'm changing my hand straight away there. Right, now I've changed this again. So I'm going to go with Delph, because I think he has to go in there. Alan, on Yang is a free. And I put Delph, Delph and um, Alan as the deeper ones, and Yango with a bit more license to row. Yeah. yeah. This is going to kill me not playing Gordon here. Uh, but I'd actually played the front three of, of Gray, Townsend, and Richardson. And it kills me not putting Gordon into that because I think he should start. They're just thinking the current plight where we are, we just can't build them into it. If, if we, if we yeah, try to get them into it. Gray had a shock the other night. Yeah, he did, but it's a home again, isn't it? Mm. Uh, you know what? It's so hard to do, but yeah, I, I think Kane was mentioned earlier on. I think we do need to change that formation. Yeah, no matter what we do. Yeah. Uh, and Townsend's work right off the ball. I think that that's important. Yeah, yeah. And you still need that threat going forwards. And Gray for me is still left to go forwards. Or think he has one bad game. So it's Gray or Gordon for me. And, and, and I'm going to have to go with Gray just for the sake of it. And I can't drop the Charleston just for the goals. Gray's that got a, bit, a little bit more pace than Gordon as well, hasn't he? You know, yes. on the counter attack. Because if, if we go out and go toe to toe with Tottenham, we'll get turned over. I know they're not great at the moment, but we haven't got the players to sustain that for all game at the moment. Mass, if it was Dakure in there. I quite happily put Gordon on there as the 10. Yeah. I, I, I was considering that in my head. You know, just dropping him and just ask him to work off the ball. But the fact that it isn't, I think we've, we've, we've literally, we've got to go with our, our back front three, the best front three. And we, on Yango maybe for a bit of extra energy midfield. Yeah. It's times, isn't it? Not easy. Look, it's not easy. Look, we're, we're talking about it. It's not even easy. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems like constantly over the last few years we've just been patching together teams. And then you're looking like we're all, like who was it that said Everton? It was Azu Chico, wasn't it? Who said Everton are always like two games away from a crisis. Yeah, and he's on, exactly man. right because we are. And whenever there's a couple of players out, we're patching together a side and thinking, can we get a result here? And it shouldn't be like that with all the money we've spent. I think if everyone's fit as well, bizarrely, I said this the other day as well when when we were actually on the good side of things. Was that when everyone was fit, most people agree on the first eleven. Yeah, yeah. First eleven's not bad. Which which for the first time in a few years, I don't think most people was. It was the first time I think that, that we'd actually all just sit there and go, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. You know, Townsend, Dominic Carmel, and Charleston, as I said, Alan Dakura, you know, the whole thing just picks itself, doesn't it? Yeah, it was balanced yeah. it balanced right, wasn't it? And to be fair, he was getting results with that team at the start and and you say one or two injuries, and we just can't cope. The backup players aren't good enough, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Right, up the softies, it's frustrating as always. Um, let's hope that we, we see better days. Um, better days are coming off the field in terms of uh, Bramley Moore. Um, there's a lot of talk about this being the worst football team ever or whatever, but I, I think that's wrong, I'll be honest with you. I think I've seen much worse. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been watching Everton for too long for this to be the worst we've ever been. Mm. John O'Kane, Mark Ottergood, right back has been the options. <laughs> uh, so, all that needs, and it, look, I think people say that out of frustration because they do care. Uh, yeah. So, I think it comes in the right place. We're all fans. In actual fact, that the best thing about Everton football club sometimes is the fan base. You know, I think the fan base makes it some excellent, unbelievable you know, people that, that, that do some incredible things. Um, uh, Phil, Jay, uh, both involved in mental health fundraising and stuff, you know, likes hands to us, goes out of the way, you know, sort of blues out all over the country. Um, Speedo Mick, you know, walking up and down the country. We've got some incredible people. Michael Dullahan, who cheers us all up. Oh, yeah. Uh, but look, I think, you know, it's easy to focus on the negatives. There's, there's plenty of things to be proud of for being an Everton fan or being an Evertonian. Um, we say a lot of things we don't mean after a match, don't we? Yeah. We do. I do. Even a couple of days later. Yeah. No. It is, it's a constant love affair, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. We're still here. We'll still keep coming back. And just, just do us one favour, Evan. Just, just give us some silverware and give us something to be proud of. Anyway, that's us for tonight. Thank you for listening, as always. Been a pleasure.
Oh, <laughs> 